Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. We're going to wind up a series that we've been looking at one of the great signs that will occur before the second coming of Christ. And that great sign is the regathering of the Jews into the new covenant. We looked at Romans chapter 11. We looked at Luke 15, the parable of the prodigal son and the elder son, the parable of the two sons. And today, we're going to look at prophecy in historical events. You can go to Old Testament narratives, and when you read that narrative, and it's sometimes called a Bible story, and I'll tell you about that in just a second, what you are reading is not just a nice little story, but what you are reading could be prophetic through the narrative that is being conveyed. And I I mentioned Bible story just a second ago. I think we do a great disservice to our children if we use the Old Testament as stories in a sense of being a a fable, a fantasy, or something like that. If you use the word story, and I'll be slipping and using the word story today, be sure to mention also the account or the historical account or saying the narrative in Genesis, and by that you mean a real-life narrative. You want to make a distinction between an Old Testament story and some fictitious story that might be in a children's book. And I also need to emphasize that many of these stories that we put in children's Bibles and leave there in a sense that we don't draw out their implications for adults, we're missing big time because biblical prophecy is being revealed in historical events. One of the longest narratives in the whole Bible is a prophetic preview of the ingathering of the Jews into the new covenant. It's found in Genesis chapter 37, going all the way to the end of Genesis in Genesis chapter 50. There's a couple interludes, a chapter or two in between here, and some genealogies. But basically, Genesis 37 through 50 is a long-running narrative of Joseph, the patriarch Joseph, in Egypt. And Joseph is prefiguring Jesus Christ and what he will do with his brethren, the Jews. Do you get this? We're talking about the ingathering of the Jews in the new covenant before the second coming and perhaps very close to the second coming. And I just need to mention there is a documentary movie entitled Patterns of Evidence, and it's subtitled in Exodus, and you can rent or buy it on uh, Amazon videos. It's kind of a long (laughs) documentary. It's trying to establish the date of the Exodus, but as you get towards the end of that documentary, they have some shocking evidence that they've uncovered, perhaps finding 
the dwelling place of Joseph in Egypt. This will be, it'll blow your mind. But in any case, I just throw that out there for those who really like to get into this type of thing. Okay, the family of Jacob, we start in Genesis chapter 37. He had a dozen sons. And of those dozen sons, what are they prefiguring? Well, of course, this is the nucleus. It's not just a prefiguring. It's a nucleus of the 12 tribes of Israel. This is the family that became the nation Israel. So we're talking about the Jews here. And in this account, it's straight up in Genesis 37, we find that the father loved one son above all the sons. Okay. Now, if your antenna is up, you read something like that in the Old Testament, you should be thinking about probably the most beloved uh Bible verse in the entire scriptures, John 3, 16, for God, God the Father, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten or only beloved son. Well, that son that Jacob loved above his other sons was named Joseph. And Jacob, the father, was prefiguring God the Father, and Joseph, the beloved son, is prefiguring Jesus, okay? Now, what did the father's special love for his son do to his brothers? And remember the parable of the two sons in Luke 15, the parable of the prodigal son and the elder brother? It's these two sons that we need to be concerned with in biblical prophecy. It's no secret that the Gentiles have been included in the new covenant except as Gentiles, we usually forget about the other brother, the Jews, and this is an important thing. Well, and and this is in the children's Bibles, but, and, and again, I, I, I like children's Bibles, but I don't like making them childish because um, you find that the father loved uh, Joseph above his other brothers and gave him a coat of many colors. Well, this isn't just an exercise then for kids to take their crayons and color in, you know, uh, Joseph's robe. He was trying to designate there is something unique about this Jewish son, just like there's something very unique besides crayons filling in a coloring page in a children's class. No, he was being singled out by the father because he's unique. And who is his son, Joseph, prefiguring? Well, the son of God, incarnate, come into the flesh. And he had a dream. And sometimes this is also put into very childish format, but he had a dream that his family was bowing down before him. And uh, of course, it just drove them to utter jealousy. Jealousy is a key word because in Romans chapter 11, where St. Paul is explicitly talking about the fulfillment of all this, he speaks about his mission to the Gentiles in order to make Israel jealous and kind of awaken them so they'll come into the covenant. So they're jealous, just like the elder brother was jealous in Luke chapter 15. This is the seed of something that's going to take place over centuries, in fact, over millennia, until we approach the very end of time before the second coming. His brothers were going to kill him, get rid of him, and instead they sell him as a slave to Egypt. And so Joseph is spending 20 plus years in Egypt, 
part of the time, um, his master's wife made a pass at him, and and she reversed it and accused Joseph of making the pass, and so he goes to jail. So in other words, the situation seems to go from bad to worse. That, does that remind you of any story? How about the four Gospels? Um, you know, the disciples are thinking, hey, this is great because um, Jesus is going to be king. And then, you know, it goes from bad to worse. He ends up being crucified. Kings aren't crucified, are they? Well, the king of kings is, and he's crowned with thorns, and he's raised on high. And so here Joseph is going through all of these horrible things, and then we find that Pharaoh has a dream. He had a dream. There are seven fat cows, and only Joseph, he was raised from prison, and he was able to interpret the dream for Pharaoh that the seven fat cows were regarding seven good years, seven years of abundance. And then Pharaoh had a dream of seven very lean cows, and Joseph interpreted the dream as the seven good years will be followed by seven years of famine. And then Joseph, contrary to very some very sanctimonious people who are against any form of preparations for disasters, suggested that we use the years of abundance to be wise. Don't consume it all and don't, I'm getting contemporary here, but don't put it all on credit today. No, let's save for the future. And so during the seven good years, Joseph had been given divine wisdom to lay up grain for the whole nation of Israel. And Pharaoh appointed him the number two man over all of the empire of Egypt. So the famine comes, and Joseph's brothers makes, make two visits to Egypt. Two visits to Egypt. Did you get that? And you got to read a bunch of chapters to get this. But 10 of the brothers come to meet Joseph. So between the 10 and Joseph, we have 11. And they bowed before him in Genesis 42 with their faces to the ground. And then Joseph starts remembering his dream. There are his brothers, with the exception of one, bowing down before him, and he recognizes him. But he doesn't disclose his identity as the their brother, their beloved brother, on the first visit. Do you get this? He, he says, no, bring your younger brother to me, and then I'll know you're not spies in the land. On the second visit, when they come down, it's total, 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 heart-rending revealing of himself to his brothers. You think, oh, he's going to be steamed at his brothers. He's now the big kingpin in Egypt. He could have easily had their heads cut off or hung upside down till they're dead or anything else. But this is the reaction of Joseph. And I say to any so-called Christian, because you can't be a Christian and be anti-Semitic, because a Christian is to believe in Jesus, who is a Jew. If you're anti-Semitic, you're not even a Christian. But listen to this. It says in Genesis 45, Joseph could not control himself before all who stood by him. And he cried out, make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him. And Joseph made himself known to his brothers. He wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it 
and the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. His brothers couldn't answer them, for they were dismayed at his presence. (laughs) They were jaws dropping, totally speechless. And he says in verse 5, hear this, do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. And then he says a little later after Jacob dies, they're all in Egypt and they're thinking, oh, we're going to really get it now that our father's dead. And Joseph says in Genesis 50, fear not, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he reassured and comforted them. Now, that is the picture of what Jesus is going, that's the heart of Jesus. He is just waiting, 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 waiting to reveal himself to his brothers, except God does this crazy thing. I personally can't understand it. But for many of his major, major moves in history, he waits for his children to pray. And we should be praying at this point in history that the eyes of the Jews would be open to recognize their brother, Jesus Christ, who went before him so that many lives would be spared. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 43 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.